2: FM
3: Riverside And one hundred five oh
0: AM
3: Palm Springs Welcome back into the House of Mystery And I'm Al Warren And Mr. David North Martino is charming us To be back after his nice holiday Yes I'm charming you Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he's he's great, he's back He's charming, he's thrilling Everyone's excited Nipples are hard well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd has been waiting for you to come back. Wow. Yeah, they're tired of hearing this miserable old cuss. You know? <laughs> they want something good, something nice. It's an, no, no, it was an unbalanced power. They love just, you, Al. Well. No, it's just, just <laughs> <laughs> the email said something different. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they love me, please. Now now even other other news hosts are complaining about me. Jeez. You're infamous. I'm becoming that way. I'm becoming it's great. I hate it. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't even say anything. It's your fault. <laughs> it's my fault. Well, yeah. I love you, Al. No, well, there you go. I do. No, it's because you're nice. <laughs> it makes me look really bad. <laughs> so I'm I, I, I it I on you. you mean.
1: You we're just playing good cop, bad cop, I thought.
3: Well, here, let me write this down, because I am going okay. to tell the station manager that it's only because <laughs> you are so yeah. nice. Oh. That <laughs> they they actually think, oh, what's he doing with that old yeah. crass man? Geez, <laughs> give him a show. Get rid of that old thing there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, so uh, we're doing uh, another writer today. Now, th- th- this guy's all the way from... Um, the UK <laughs> wow. and, um, he's got another book out. This is like a thriller, scary book. Okay. So yeah, you better put on your seatbelt. I know. I'm strapped uh, in. Yeah. Don't cry. Okay. So now the <laughs> <laughs> sit down, this is, a, this is the, now the book is called, don't let Him in the gripping psychological thriller that will send shivers down your spine, and also the long title that will bother the host, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Howard Linsky. Thank you for coming on the
4: show. Hi, Alan. Hello, David. Thanks for having me on the show. Very good to you he? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. I, don't know I don't know if it's very good of us, but, you know.
3: <laughs> wow, that's a long title.
4: What? Uh, don't let him in. That's long title
3: don't let him in but it's, it's the gripping psych- psychological thriller
4: oh yeah <laughs> well it, they do that weirdly on on retail sites don't they they sort of extend it so that there's dozens of words on there but you know just don't let him it'll do and then they have a yeah. blurb that they add on it so yeah but um i guess it's the desire to cram everything into the title um bar so that you read it and- to help you stay on it and click on it and buy it. So there you go. Yeah.
3: Soon it'll be the first chapter. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, probably,
4: you usually get that for free as well, so you can yeah. see whether you actually <laughs> want to buy the thing or not.
3: Yeah. yeah
4: well, that on. could be a double-edged sword, really. But, yeah, you click click on the audio and have a listen, and see what you think.
3: Who, who don't you want to let in?
4: Well, Just, I think it's kind of funny because on the, on the cover, I don't know if you've noticed, but I put yeah. my name at the top. And so if you read it from the top, it says, it literally says, Howard Linsky, don't let him in. in. And then it says underneath there, he's always been there, now he's coming for you. uh, My friends find that highly amusing. You know, known me for a
3: while. now that you say that yeah so is this is yeah. this a, is this about you is this all well, the rejection you, you've had in your yeah, life
4: yeah and- yeah and you and guys you let me in i mean you're regretting it already i could <laughs> <laughs> oh, say yeah mm-hmm. it was kind of appropriate but no this is uh this is a fictional uh killer that you could probably relieved to hear it's not actually my autobiography
0: um and it's
4: set <laughs> in a spooky northern Seaside town, a bit of a rundown place. We've got quite a few of those in the UK these days. Crumbling places that can't really afford to do, you know, anything more than have a lick of paint applied to the buildings. Yeah. And uh, in the north to where I'm from, the climate's pretty, pretty cold and a bit blustery as well. So it's a kind of place where if you walk on the sand, you, you you do it in a in a coat. You know, usually by w- walking a dog at the same time. It's not one of those places where people sunbathe. So. It does have a bit of an atmosphere, that part of uh, England. And uh, I think it's quite a good setting for a, a spooky tale, a crime fiction novel, with a, with a bit of a, hopefully a bit of a twist that you don't see coming, as they always say on the marketing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah.
3: Well, well, you said it's a fictional one, but mm-hmm. I know from all the fiction writers we interview that a lot, of, a lot of these characters are mainly, the usually the main character has a lot of the author in it.
4: Yeah, uh, well, th- this is a woman, so I can't claim too much uh, of, well, so, so you've got the, quite uh, a bit you know,
3: to tell, explain here.
4: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, her name is Rebecca, you know, but that's not me at weekend, So, you know, but um, we do, I suppose we do share one thing that she, oh, she's quite a bit younger than me, but she's a journalist and she's gone into journalism at probably the wrong time because probably on both sides of the Atlantic, it's harder to be a journalist with you know, news and everything, being free online and you know, it's, it's harder to make a living and um, she comes back to the northeast because her father who is a newspaper editor or was, has died suddenly and she thinks it's kind of natural causes but when she gets back, she starts to realise that he might actually have been murdered because it wasn't conclusive initially um, it looks like a, a you know, fall, but it could have easily been that he was actually attacked and uh, a bone in his neck was broken which makes it look like it could be strangulation so she's now alone in his spooky old house sorting out his gear and trying to work out what he was investigating and why it might have got him killed so yeah so i've never done that <laughs> personally but i could easily yeah. imagine it so, not yeah. that you're but, going
3: to admit to anyway
4: that's true uh, <laughs> that's true yes
3: <laughs> so uh, this is one of your standalone books now you you are more <laughs> into writing series aren't you
4: yeah but to be honest with you, kind of by accident, my, my first book became a series, but it was meant to be a standalone, and the publisher that took it, the drop, um, wanted more, and I, as I was writing it, there were ideas coming to me. I was like, oh, what if this happened? And I think, yeah, there's no room for that in this book, so I kind of parked that. And then it sort of morphed into a bit of a sequel, and then it became a trilogy. And the same thing happened when I moved to Penguin Random House with a book uh, called No Name Blame. And I had a weird moment where my agent phoned me from the London Book Fair and said that Emma, the editor, uh, popped along from Penguin. He'd read the book, he'd finished it, he'd really loved it, and he wanted to buy it. And I went, yay! And then my agent (laughs) said, and he can't wait to see where you're going to go with the series. And I went, oh, (laughs) because there wasn't one. (laughs) There really wasn't one. And um, so I had a little small celebration, you know, you open something fizzy and drink it, and then in the morning, I literally wrote the words, it is 18 months later. And then I tried to work out where the characters might be and what they might be looking at. I was literally thinking, in terms of the three main characters, where they would have moved on to in about a year and a half. And then as I wrote bits, I started to get the idea for another book. And there have been four in that series. And uh, yeah, uh, but but Don't Let Him In is going to be a standalone because. The character is literally investigating the death of her own father and she's not really a detective or a PI or, you know, she's not in the police and she's, she's a journalist who just wants to be a journalist and happens to get caught up in something because it affected her own father. So, yeah, finally, I have the world It not going to morph into a series.
3: Well, yeah, but, you know, you could, you could make that a series. Maybe Rebecca's going to transition to a guy named Howard. Ah,
4: oh, good, good thinking, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's
3: going to yeah. write
4: books. A bit like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but like a kind yeah. of, you know, the, old, the old movie Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. You know, yeah, right? it's,
3: <laughs> it's, just kind of, it's kind of an update, it fits the new society, yeah. and, you know,
4: think I, about this.
3: You know, I should I'm talk to have... you guys
4: more often. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about what you yeah. write next. So, you know, yeah. give me some ideas here, guys. You. Yeah.
3: That's what it's all about. If and help writers and don't worry about any credits. Just take it all. Don't worry. Oh, I going to say, I
4: don't worry about any credits. Just send me money.
3: <laughs> no, no, just no. I want nothing to do with this. When they all come down on you on Twitter, I <laughs> 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 don't. Don't start using my name here. Oh, no. Gosh.
4: Yeah, yeah. That, that magic word, cancelled. You know, where you yeah, yeah, were yeah. just <laughs> implodes after all these years because you said yeah. something. Uh, that's been uh, well uh, misconstrued, yeah. if you want to put it charge. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, your whole life's gone in one. Oh my goodness! Possibly, go on radio, they said. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> go wrong. They, <laughs>
3: <laughs> they didn't tell you about me. Um, well, that's interesting, but I, 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 just wonder. But if when you. Um, so you do this book, and then the, you know, the other book, and all of a sudden it's like they can't wait to see where you go. Doesn't that yeah. f- make you feel a little bit of pressure? Do, do you yeah. feel kind of, oh, my God, now what?
4: It did a bit, and I think I had to convince myself it was a bit of a topic, too, that it was a nice problem to have because, obviously, it was a bit of a problem. I, I was quite nervous when my editor said, I can't wait to see where you go next with these characters. <laughs> I do remember vividly sitting down with him at Bristol Crime Fest. We went for coffee. And I said, right, right, yeah, the second book, so here, and I pitched it, I guess a bit like um, people pitch to Tim Robbins, the player, you know, the 25 words or less thing. (laughs) And I was just scrutinising it, looking just to see if his eyes glazed or if he just rolled his eyes and thought, oh, my God, what have I let myself in for here? I've purchased three books off this guy, and his second one's uh, just out there. But thankfully, thankfully, he liked it. And uh yeah, then so oh, I carried, I wrote that one But it's the same every time you come up with an idea and you you send it to your publisher and hope they won't uh I don't know, um, throw up or something, you know, or they'll just pass out. Um yeah. but if they you know, if they like and yeah, I try and come up with something that, you know, is, is a bit different, hasn't hasn't hopefully been done before. Um, or at least if it has I mean, obviously lots of crime stories follow the theme of either a body being found or something has gone missing or you know, we're not we're not sure quite what's happened, but it's hard to be wholly original. But I like to try and deliver it in a little bit of a, a different way if I can.
3: Well, you should write a crime when no murder happens.
4: Yeah, there you go. Well, sometimes. <laughs>
3: it's <laughs> sometimes, called a drama. The crime,
4: is, <laughs> the, the crime is there was no crime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, only, the crime only was you bought this to,
3: book and there's no, there's no <laughs> yeah. crime. The crime so. was me
4: trying to defraud the readers into believing yeah. there was actually a murder in here. Or they parted with, you know, £7.99 over here. Yeah.
0: Or whatever,
4: whatever it is these days. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. That, but you'd be original. You couldn't really fault it. I mean, I do like sometimes to kind of say, well, someone's disappeared and we don't know if they've run off or been killed or if they've been, you know, trapped, captured. Um, so they're still hostage, maybe. So, yeah, you, you don't always know that there's a, a death there. But uh, I suppose you pick up crime fiction. It, it's fairly implicit that bad things happen, uh, you know, sometimes to good people. But, um, yeah, it's, but it's fun to write because with crime, at least you have a beginning, a middle and an end. So we sort of joke about literary fiction. I don't know if you call it that over in the... In the U.S., but over here we, we we get looked down on by literary fiction writers who think we're mm. they call us they call us genre writers. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a genre writer, and, yeah. uh, but but at least we have an end to our stories. You know, they don't just ramble That's on. <laughs> so, you know. It's
1: the best type of fiction.
4: It is, yeah, I think so. Right. You also you get to create characters that hopefully you care about and hopefully the readers will care about. And then, just as people start to like them, you chuck massive problems at them. Like, you know, someone's dead or someone's gone missing or there's a, there's a ticking clock and they have to solve a problem or terrible things happen. And I think it's quite nice to put characters under the kind of pressure that readers would go, you know, root, root for them over. And yeah, it's not a bad uh, genre to write in.
1: Yeah, it's much more exciting. Yeah. You know, definitely. it seems, you know, you, you were talking about. Um, uh, the publisher and, and wanting wanting the series, it almost seems like yeah. publishers today really want uh, that book to uh, not be a standalone, but uh, be able to be morphed into a series. And yeah, you get it.
4: I think there's a there's a weird at the moment. There's a bit of a a, a, a moving away from that actually, because when I oh. started with Pangloss, it was eight years ago when I first signed up for, for the first novel. And then it really was, you know, if you can get some characters and stuff, the characters and write a series, that's great. And then a few books in, um, I was going to write one that potentially featured those same characters, and it was a book that became uh, Alice Teal is Missing. And my editor said, actually, at the moment, we're finding it harder to get books into some of the bigger stores when it's number four in the series, when it's number five of the series. And what's happened over in this country, we have... Wow supermarkets, which from an American perspective, you would think they were dwarf markets. They're still small. They're not as big as the shops you guys have. But they sell everything. So they, they used to just sell food and, and drink items or whatever. But now they sell clothes. They sell um, you know, music. They sell electrical goods. And they also sell books. And it's a bit of a, a, you know, a, a positive if you get into those stores. But they don't have a bookshop full of stock. They just have like a shelf or or a, or a mm. um, you know a few shelves, so they'll only take twenty four titles a month. Sometimes twelve titles if they're smaller ones, and to get one of those slots is quite coveted. And yeah, if you pitch them number five in the series, unless you're a stellar name, a big name, mm-hmm. then they're probably going to go. But well, yeah, but we didn't sell the first three or the first four. Or, so yeah, so standalones ah. are back in vogue a bit. Yeah.
3: Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. You know, you could always go to those markets and just. Empty a shelf and put your books. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I've, often, I've often fantasized about that, to be honest. And we, we all we all do the thing where we walk into a bookshop and we see our, see our books with the spines facing out. And we just look around. And no one's looking. So we slide yeah. it out to the shelf and turn it face forward so that it grabs the eye. You know, I, I think all of us authors would admit to doing that. Oh, so, I yeah. do
3: much worse than that. I pour coffee in all the ones beside me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I go. Uh, I go. Do you, do you? They they kick me out
4: of this. They, you know they don't. You let stand me there. This. You stand there yeah. all day, and as they slide out with the books out, you just go, Nah, don't. I've read that term. Don't. Don't bother. No. Yeah. 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 You know, oh yeah. The, you, the other one. Yeah. You've, seen yeah. <laughs> you've seen me. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I. That's
3: what I you're,
4: do. You're the that's... guy on the CCTV on that YouTube channel, are not you? Yeah. 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 The one they're. Sl- yeah. That's all I, that's
3: that's I do. It's like, oh, you don't want to read that one. Oh my God. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. But I yeah, these,
4: um, but it, but in the UK, these supermarket slots that I mentioned are more coveted than the Booker Prize. You know, I mean, we, it's, it's <laughs> you really want to be in these places because people, yeah. people apparently buy books on impulse while they're buying groceries. I mean, I'm a, I'm a browser. I like to go to bookstores and you know, spend ages yeah. and look at things and occasionally come out with books that I probably will, you know, struggle to find the time to read. But, uh Hmm. seemingly people occasionally <laughs> buy groceries on a friday and uh, put a book yeah. in the trolley
3: yeah all that stuff does but you know i don't i don't yeah. know how much they read it i think they just like to buy all those whim things by the by the
4: cash till when they're waiting yeah you're probably right yeah yeah and also that's yeah. why it's important to have these little strap lines on there and so strap lines as they call it in publishing so that at least you um, get across what you're you know what you're selling what you're writing about yeah yeah it's crazy
3: but uh yeah, I spend a lot of time putting my books in all those stores. Good bird Man, I just don't make any money from it. That's it.
4: Uh, <laughs> but they might buy the next one. Might they like yeah. the first one, they might yeah. buy the next one. Look yeah. at all those authors on Kindle who used to give the first book away, but you bought the second one. So Yeah. And they're all working
3: at just... the drive-thru. Come on. You
4: know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, that doesn't
3: work. I mean, you get, uh-uh. You're giving away something uh-uh. nobody that they don't want, so what's oh, the gosh. Yeah. Right. Um but uh remember all hate mail goes to, goes to Dave now that he's yeah. back. It's not no. about me, right? See now you can see why they hate me and like you, but um well, so I where does where does where does it come from? But you just say when the ideal comes you're just sitting there and you kinda wrap it do you just have this wild imagination
4: or do you have dreams? yeah or, I think or, I think I do. I think I have a weird brain. And I, I don't know if all writers like I mean I know a lot of authors and I think they're all a little bit similar, but I think one of the things that authors do is even mundane situations, we sit there and we go, oh, what if, you know, what, what if suddenly this happened? What if that woman up there playing with that child suddenly got grabbed by a man? Or what if, uh, you know, somebody marched in here and started shooting a gun or whatever? Um, so, you know, we're, I think our brains are always uh, ticking over. And I think I, I saw somebody explaining that being an author, Is a bit like having 50-odd tabs open on the internet, but they're all open at once at the same time, and they're all whirring around. And, and, you know, even when you're not writing, you're writing kind of writing in your head. And uh, and I usually start with just like a germ of an idea. uh, And this, but don't let him in, that idea was that my you know hero, heroine, whatever you wish to, protagonist, I suppose is the neutral phrase, you know, she has to come home because her dad dies, and she tidies up. Is a state, and that, uh, lots of us have to go through that, but mm. in this case she finds something pretty sinister and that sinister thing was he didn't die naturally, he was, he was murdered and that, that became the start of that and then what I need to do then is I always have to have an ending in my mind, because I can't be one of those writers who just writes a book and says, oh, I have no idea how it's going to end I'm like, really? What if yeah. you get to like 80,000 words and you've got no idea how mm. to wrap this up I, I, just, I admire them, but I'm also like, how can you do that? So, and then my job is, having settled on a hopefully a very good ending, and a, and a good hook at the start, the challenge is how do I get you guys to keep reading, once you pass that opening chapter, and you know I've got to throw in all sorts of things to keep you guessing, and uh, you know, they're all red herrings and things that make you want to go, oh, what was that? A little drip feed of information there, and you know, I want to know a bit more about that guy's mysterious backstory or whatever, um, just so you, you keep with me all the way through till the. The 90,000 word mark or whatever it happens to be. Well, you but can yeah. just
3: stop writing at 80,000
4: words. You don't even have to have an ending. Just stop writing. There yes. <laughs> <Can you, laughs> are some writers who have done that. <laughs> you go, yeah, I mean, I've, I've read books that have petered out. Clearly, they have yeah. no idea how to end the thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. and then, and I, I guess they get around that by calling it literary fiction, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, just, I don't know what what to say thing, now. You know? Yeah,
3: yeah. like, what am I uh, right yeah.
4: now? Hmm. Can you imagine well, how dissatisfied if it just ended, but didn't actually end? Maybe seven minutes. It's just like, yeah. And he went off, and he still had to solve the crime. But you know, that's life. Sometimes the crime doesn't get solved. And, um, yeah, yeah get the Murder it. is still out there. And there's no justice for the grieving. Yeah, we can have a
3: little epilogue. Just get over it, okay? Yeah, <laughs> I don't have it. Get over it.
4: Look, it says on the cover, "The most realistic crime novel you'll ever read," and it is. <laughs> yeah. you no, know, there, was, there was lots of boring investigation work that went on for weeks, and then. Ultimately, yeah. they went yeah, no, We've got no leads and uh, no suspects. Yeah. And yeah. What are the oh, things well, to
3: deal with. You know? Yeah.
4: Got to get on the next case. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we've invented a new genre, Jack. Yeah. Boring <laughs> crime fiction. <laughs> the, unf- <laughs> the
3: unfinished boring book.
4: You know, the the, the wow. unsolved trilogy.
3: <laughs> so yeah. So now, are you hearing voices and stuff, or do you see pictures? Like, how do you, how do you experience this whole situation? Uh,
4: well, I don't. I, I've all my life I've been a very big film fan. Uh, i mean I, I do read i like reading novels but that was a lot of crime writers i know they always talk about books they grew up reading and i did a bit of that but mostly for me it was you know i know i know every line of the Godfather virtually and th- that kind of thing that influenced me more than reading novels so I still talk about uh well i need to sit down and i need to write that scene where this happens so i see it as a scene i don't know if other writers think of chapters or, or the way they describe it but I see it cinematically, and my first books were optioned for film, although they never actually were turned into film. But they were optioned by the producer of the Harry Potter films, of all people. So that was pretty amazing. Yeah,
3: that's because he, he didn't have an ending.
4: That's it. He wanted to just add an ending. He was so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> it involved ones and everything. So yeah, but he but he did comment that it seemed cinematic. sort of he thought it would be naturally something you turn into either a movie or a TV series. And I did comment that it's probably because I was very into movies when I was growing up. So, um, and, I, and I still try and watch, you know, movies whenever I can. I mean, not every single day, but ideally, I'd like to sit down and watch a movie. I don't steal from those films, but they stimulate other ideas. So I'll watch mm-hmm. something and go, well, what if, yeah, what if that happened instead, or what if the character was very different and it went off in a different direction. I'm also one of those very annoying people who tries to say the line of dialogue before it's have And if I get it right, my wife. Kind of wants to hurl things at me, you know. I don't know if you guys ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, she goes, "How did you know that?" And I go, "Well, that's because starts to line up with it." You know, it just seemed obvious to me those exact words. <laughs> so, yeah, causes a bit of friction, but you know, <laughs> yeah, wow, <Well, you> know, <laughs> did you do? I found it happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you can you can see all the strings and the trapdoors and the way writers uh, create create the story.
4: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I, I, I would be lying if I said every time, but I, yes. quite a lot of the time I can. And then I, I get great pleasure when it doesn't go that way. You know, when well, I'm very pleased when I'm right, but at the same time, when I'm wrong, I say, oh, that was good. I, oh, I thought it was going to be this. And um, yeah, it's, it's good to be, you know, um, sidestepped a little bit by somebody else's clever writing. So when that happens, it's a joy, you yeah.
1: Would, do you have that with your characters? Are, are you in control of your characters, or do you feel like they have a mind of their own and they start rebelling against the plot?
4: And- <laughs> uh, oh, gosh, no, I'm, I, probably not, but um, I do joke about it. You know, sometimes there's a couple of characters that I have, um, Helen and Tom, and they're kind of they not together, but clearly they should be, and, and people are well, you say, well, will they get together eventually, and I'll go, why well, is not down to me? Oh, you mm. know, and I go, well, they look at me like I'm mad, you know, and I am to joking. <laughs> but... Um, Of course it's down to me, you know, if they end up together or whatever, I could just write it. But yeah, I I tend to, I don't know, once I'm doing their bits, I kind of fall into a fairly natural flow where I know how they speak and the sort of things they would do, because I have an image of them. Oddly enough, it's not a physical image, so I couldn't tell you really what they physically look like. Mm. And I I mean, not all authors do this, but, but I know others that do this, where someone will say to them, oh, I saw the guy playing this particular character on TV, and he, that's not how I saw the guy, you know. He's, he doesn't look like that. And the author's... I've been there where the author's gone. Well, I didn't, I didn't physically describe him. I didn't say <laughs> how tall he was, or whether he had dark hair or blonde hair or whatever. Because I, I always find that the, the kind of dull bit, you know, like, you know, the the, 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 the idea that you take the dull bits out? Oh, uh, yeah. Hitchcock said that. cinema is life. The film is life with the, the dull bits cut out, which I thought was a lovely... Uh, phrase. And, and I try not to do the, he walked in the room, he was six foot four, his hair was brown, he was wearing glasses. He, I'm bored already by this stitch, you know? And uh, yeah, yes. And I also don't describe a tree. You know, if, if Al, David, and Howard need to have a clandestine meeting under a tree, I'll just say they met under the tree. I won't be describing the leaves for half a page. You know, and, uh, <laughs> they have a light caught, the bark, or whatever. It's not it's not really me. I, I quite admire that writing, I've seen well by other people. I'm just like that. Well, that's no.
3: why you're just a genre writer.
4: Yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, hey, do you know? Do you know what? Chief? No, well, I don't really. I always laugh about it. Anyway, it just bother me too much. But um, Raymond Chandler apparently got really upset because people used to describe him as a mystery writer, just a mystery writer. And I thought, well, I'm in very good company there. Call me that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Absolutely.
3: Well, at least you get called a writer. I mean, exactly. Yes, <laughs> I get called other things sometimes. I get called the writer, yes. <laughs> Do you? Well, it's funny. Do you, So you don't. You don't actually have this all outlined. You're not sitting there and you outline the whole story in the book and what the characters no, are. No, no, not really. So
4: I have an It's sort of like putting a jigsaw together, I guess. Or uh, um, you know that daft. Uh, well, I don't know if you have this expression where, where you guys are, but we. If we say something's really complicated, we'll say it's like peeling back the layers of an onion.
3: Yeah. And sometimes
4: I think writing a book is a bit like assembling an onion. It's very, like, there's loads and loads of layers of it. And I, I will kind of assemble it in a bizarre way. I don't write chronologically. So I should write at start of the book and just keep going till the end, but I don't. And I'll wake up one day and go, right, I'm going to write that scene. You know, I'll do that scene today where David and Alan, how I discuss murdering someone while sitting in a bar or whatever. Because I'm in the mood to write that scene. And then I write other stuff and then I realise it's all in the wrong order, literally in the wrong order. So I'll have to kind of c- copy and well cut and paste those bits into the right <laughs> order. And then there's an awful lot of joining up to do. God, I have no idea why I do it that way. It, it seems to be not a very logical way to write a book because it does cause problems further down the line. You are a bit confused. However, it seems to work that I just want to write the bit I want to write, so I'll write that bit. Um, and some things I'll put off for weeks because I'm not too keen on writing that particular scene uh, mm. either because i think it'll be too hard work or i just can't quite work it out yet and then one day i'll sit down and do it and uh, but yeah putting it all back in, in the right order is when i kick myself and think next time i won't do it like <laughs> this but <laughs> but yeah. i always do i don't know why strange brain yeah. i guess guys yeah,
3: yeah well it's just, you whenever you're sober you get the mood to write
4: yes i tried writing drunk once i did so yeah. <laughs>
3: That's the best seller, right? That's yeah, yeah, Oh, gosh, can you imagine? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
4: <laughs> when, you, when you're drunk and you think this is great, and in the morning you read it back to yourself and go, oh dear God, no, no, no. Yeah. So, yeah, it well, like
3: when, I, when I write, it's more like peeling the onion because people are crying before they get through chapter <laughs> one. I can't believe someone. Because this they are.
4: Stuff. They are so moved by your blues, Yeah, they're especially. so moved that the that publisher actually paid for this. <laughs> my God,
3: it's the last time I pick up a book in a shopping oh, market. Well, it,
4: it's probably my publisher crying. <laughs> no,
3: no, no, you're the real writer. Uh, yeah. you, did you, so you don't plan it, it just falls into place. And yeah, so out. I do
4: I do a little bit of planning. So what I try to do is uh, something I used to hate when I had day jobs. Is using those Excel spreadsheet things, you know, because frankly oh. they're tedious and boring and they involve maths. But what they are quite happy for is writing, like, see, you know, you could write numbers and you can put like 50 numbers down the thing, you know, and I'll outline a chapter and I'll just kind of go, Chapter three, you know, they, they've killed the guy and so now they need to get rid of his body, or Chapter 11, the police come knocking on the door. And I just have to, all I do is just write that down in like that spreadsheet format, which is very, boring to describe, but it really works quite handily because you can move it around, do that cut paste thing I said. And you gotta kind of go, Oh, I need to put that conversation further along or whatever. Um, and, it, and it helps you just keep a bit of a thread on the events yeah. that have to happen. So I'm like, right, okay, someone's investigating this crime. What's the first thing they're gonna do? Well I need to find out the you know the time the guy died is there a you know, was there a murder how did he die? Da, da, da. And then Okay, who would he go and see first? Okay, go and see the dearest, to dearest. Um, You know, ask the wife or girlfriend or whatever. All that stuff we see when we're watching a movie, and it just flows. You know, the person's going from person to person. You're asking questions. Drawing a few conclusions and moving it along. I kind of work that out a bit, but it's only in sentence form. So there isn't really a lot there other than, you know, he goes to see Bill, and Bill is, you know, evasive. Um, and, you know, he's immediately suspicious. And I'll write that down, and then that will form something that I'll get around to writing one day. Um, And then, of course, when you when you submit your first draft, you get editors coming in, going, "Yeah, can we bring that bit forward?" You know, or sometimes it's a good reason. They'll say, "Well, I I really like that scene; it's really good, but but it's on page two hundred. Can we not have it on page 50 And you go, "Okay," (laughs) but you realise the ripple effect of taking something out of page two hundred and bringing it forward one hundred and fifty pages, and just dropping it in there. Um, if you if you're not careful, later on you'll be asking for something that someone's already given you. You know, you'll, you'll be like, Where's that file I wanted? You promised to steal it for me. Yeah, dude, I gave it to you one hundred and fifty pages ago. <laughs> oh
3: yes it's clean yeah.
4: You know, so you have to reread it with like a clean pair of eyes as were, and just go through it and go, Ah, that hasn't happened yet, you need to get rid of that. So yeah, it can get complicated. I call it brain melts when you reach that stage because it is complicated. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have the same thing. I, I sometimes write out of order, and uh, then you have to go and smooth it down. I, I tend to use – there's a program called Scrivener, and I use that to uh, kind of move everything around, but then you still have to go through, and, and uh,
4: it can get I've, kind of crazy. I've got friends who use Scrivener, and I, I, I keep yeah. meaning to give it a try, but I, I know they said it was a bit tricky to set it up and get used to it, so I do the old-fashioned using words thing. But yeah. when I get to the stage where I'm moving chapters around, try to remember numbers and everything, I'm sure that would be working. Better for me, so I really that it. Have takes to a while it while it's used nice to. to, it's nice to know, David, that I'm not the only one who writes. <laughs> not in the right order, is Not in chronological but, order.
3: The, but the difference is, Dave leaves it that way.
4: Oh yes, yeah, jumbled. Brilliant, brilliant. And then,
1: brilliant. And then um, I call, it, I call it literary fiction. Yeah,
3: excellent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh, I love see it. the hate <laughs> mails coming. Oh, God, I'm yeah. ready for yeah. it. We're going to get cancelled by the literary uh, writers, but the good, <laughs> the, good it down. Is, the good thing is they only have like thirty-five readers between them. So what do we care, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't listen. Come on, they
4: don't. no, exactly. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs>
1: well, you know, you've you've had a lot of jobs uh, b- before, uh, you know, taking the plunge as a full-time yeah. writer. Um, do you pull from those jobs to um, y- yes, to create your actually. characters and? Yeah. Films?
4: And, and sometimes in weird ways. I mean, I wrote—I had to write a book that involved uh, Nazi hierarchy in the Second World War, you know, and finding out who they were, which is quite disturbing because obviously the things they did were horrific. But weirdly, when they fell out with each other and tried to trip each other up and, you know, be favoured by the fewer over over a rival, I thought, yeah, a bunch of companies a bit like that, you know, the office politics kind of thing, and it's just that the stakes were much higher. But Mm. I understood how, you know, we all get that thing like, that guy, he just stabbed me in the back. uh, There used to be a wonderful phrase where where I worked, which was, he just threw me under a bus. Everybody used to use that phrase, you know. I've just come out of a meeting, he just threw me under a bus in front of the boss. And, uh, yeah, a little bit of that was, uh, for the moment, side of that that rivalry that they all had. I could see that. And also, um, in terms of silly comments or or, uh, maybe it's a dialogue that I kind of uh pinch a little bit twist hmm. it can date back to years ago when i was a barman because you know what it's a great oh. education being a barman for a while i mean I, I did it all the way through college for a year full time while i was trying to get a good job and you know the stories that you tell each other uh, as bar <laughs> staff and the stories the customers tell you yeah every now and again i'll think oh gosh yeah i remember brian saying this thing 30 years ago but i'll just tweak that a little bit you Know to turn that phrase around a bit and use it, so yeah, I think authors could and should mine from their own lives. I mean, we don't all jokes aside, we tend not to be murdering psychopaths, but we have had lives, <laughs> so you know,
0: <laughs> we can, uh,
4: we, we know what it's like to, I don't know, fancy someone or you know, ask, ask a girl out bomb, uh, you know, uh, get a bit too drunk, or mm. you know, uh, accidentally perhaps um, get told off by the police for something minor, <laughs> you know, very, very minor. I should stress, it's <laughs> never <laughs> so, happened. Yeah, yeah, but we're all young. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, so little little bits of stuff that... that Or they'll just influence you and make you think of something else. So yes, I do. But uh, I I haven't done anything involving some working with police or following them around. I do the research, but the the longer I'm at this, the more I... Or sorry, the less I research in the sense that I think you should wear your research lightly anyway on the page. So, Hmm. you know, ninety percent of what you find out if you try to put all of that on the page, it would be too dull. And if you describe a crime scene really accurately, you're, you're in the pages of it, aren't you? And, uh, you yeah. know, we weeks for the test results to come back and all that kind of thing. So I tend not yeah. to get bogged well down yeah.
3: No, I think, I think it's just more about the knowledge so that you don't get something wrong in the story. Yes.
4: Agreed. Definitely. I mean, that, that's a big, uh, you know, that's, that's the main thing. You don't want to be deluged with emails of people saying, well, how on earth could that have happened? But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, without getting too bogged down in the detail. I think it's, it's a happy medium. To, yeah. To
3: get it's like to the knowledge. description of the tree and stuff. It's just, it's something yeah. that you don't need to uh, uh, to really um, get into. Um, overdue, unless, yeah. unless there's something about that tree that's involved somewhere down the road in the crime or the story,
4: right? Yes. And you, you know what? That, that just made me think because when you were with editors, usually the editors are really clever people. I mean, they're. they're got amazing qualifications just to be able to get into that job. It's very competitive. But occasionally they will fall for something and they'll ask me to remove something and I'll go, oh no, no, I can't remove that. I know it looks bland, but it's actually a clue. You know? And it could be something <laughs> quite minor. Yeah, <laughs> And yeah. I, I had that in book once it was all about a guy digging something in an allotment, uh, which is a little garden. You can, you know, it's like an extra garden where you grow vegetables and things. Because like. we don't have as much land as you guys. So some people have like tiny gardens and they rent from the local council in these allotments, which yeah. are patches of land, and you can dig them up and grow things. So I had this whole dialogue where my, my investigative guy was asking someone about someone else, and the guy doing the answering was going, oh, he thinks he's a great gardener, but, you know, he dug his potatoes in February, and you don't dig your potatoes. until March before you start digging. And even my investigator was bored. He was like, that's not what I'm here for. And it was and my editor suggested we cut it. But it was a clue because he wasn't digging potatoes, he was digging a, a hole to put a body in. And he just that was it. And then when he finds out later on the investigator that the guy in question was actually an excellent gardener, it made him and could grow anything, it made him think, Well, hang on, why would you have got the why would you have got that wrong? Which clearly he wouldn't have got that wrong and, Oh my god, that's where the body is, you know. So there you go. But uh, but if the editor had removed that boring bit, uh two or three paragraphs, then, you know, we'd have we'd have not got to where we were. Meant to in the book at the end,
3: yeah. So, kill the editor,
4: kill the editor. Yes, yeah. Well, that's yes, right. right. <laughs> that's enough. That's the title of my next book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, now know. Uh, do did,
3: yeah. you do you actually um, ever have something or a point that you want people to get out of the book, other than the entertainment?
4: Um, yeah, sometimes. I mean, I don't want to get too preachy, so it might be a little bit. Of a side issue, but currently the one I'm writing, the, the one I've just finished writing, coming out in September, is called "The Inheritance." And quite a few of the characters in there um, have a sense of entitlement that I don't actually see very often in America, because in, in, we don't really have that class system we have. I know you have Ivy League, and I know you have people <laughs> who've got you know money and all that, but, yeah. but we we go back centuries with this rubbish, you know. Yeah. And, uh, the sense of entitlement that people in our governments usually because they've been to Eton and Cambridge. Um, it just means that they could make a bigger mess than most people, but they don't have any self-doubt about it. You know, they, didn't, they never think it's their fault. So, you know, and they and they also think the rules don't apply to them. But funny enough, as I was finishing writing it, um, we found out in this country that our prime minister had been telling us all that we couldn't go anywhere, see anyone, do anything, while having parties in Downing Street, you know, during COVID. Wow. Um, well, that, yeah. well, don't worry about it, because the rules are just for them. Um So, right. yeah. you know... Coincidentally, I'd been banging on about it through the book that some of the characters acted appallingly because they didn't think the rules applied to themselves. And as is often the case, you write something while you're writing it. You know, it explodes around you with the news. So, yeah, so that was the, the, the theme, one of the things that I was banging on about, really, that just because she went to Eton for, you know, and it cost £30,000 a year to go there, and just because she went to Cambridge uh, and your dad's got money doesn't necessarily make you the best person to run our country. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. What's her her middle name, Boris?
4: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We did have a Boris. There's a a Boris-like character in there, and I (laughs) I deliberately made it a little bit more, uh, a little bit less obvious by saying that this politician that features in it—he's not in it very much of the book. He's just in there as a character briefly, and you don't really see him. You hear about him, and someone tries to explain why the voters like him, despite the fact that he's been involved in a lot of scandals. And I I summed him up by saying that he's uh, you know what they say about him he's cleverer than Cameron and better looking than Boris, just purely really to get <laughs> Boris out of people's heads. But yeah, yeah. But they're all they're all similar, you know. The yes, yeah, two or three of them. But yeah. Well, I always yeah. Cameron.
3: I always think of a pig now.
4: I don't know. Oh, of course. Yes, that's uh, <laughs> that's his leg that's his legacy. <laughs> no,
3: yes, that's just awful. But, uh, that's that's uh, ingrained uh, yeah. in me now. I think of yeah. 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 I think of what he mm-hmm. does to pigs, but
4: yeah, yeah. Uh, well,
3: that's a different that's his,
4: story. That's his political legacy. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> well, so, it, so in, in a sense, um, it, 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 how long does it take you to write this, this story then, Like right? From, it's, from when the idea
4: comes. Approximately the whole process is approximately, yeah. Uh, that's from the point where I started to the point where it actually, you know, a pig is in a, in a store, so the first draft I would try and get one done within about six months, and then we have a few months to go back and forth with the editors. And sometimes it only takes two to three drafts. And sometimes the the, the latest one I got a bit bogged down. It took five drafts, and uh, that was a bit more. They were they loved the storyline, but there were things they wanted to add and things they wanted to come out of, and we got a bit bogged down. But uh, generally speaking, I try to make sure that I'm delivering the finished item yearly, even if the publication date slips a little. So, you know, you might have one book coming out in June and the following might come out the second one. Sorry, the next one might come out the following September, but at least it's the same calendar year because, you know, I don't want to get bogged down writing something for three or four years and uh, yeah, people forget all about me.
3: Well, plus, don't you don't you get caught up in it? Like, if you try to um, over-edit or over-correct and keep on changing things, you, could, you can you yeah. kind of
4: overdo it, you know? I mean, you can, I think, and I try... I'm always torn because I try to be, you know, jokes aside, I try to be a nice person to work with. I try and not be one of those guys who throws his toys out of the pram just because someone wants to change a few sentences. But because at some point you have to fight a little bit to keep the things you believe in. and you, you know, I try to do it politely, but you can go back and forth a bit on that, and, and it can be a bit frustrating. But as long as it's mostly what you wanted to write uh, and still kind of 90 percent you... That I'm, I'm alright about it. It's just every now and again you've got to kinda of go, No, no, I really wanna keep that. Um, yeah. sometimes it's a scene you really care about and you know, there was a there was a couple of things that I sort of kicked back on on the, on the current one that I've just finished writing and they're fine about it in the end. I think they just the good thing is that everybody's trying to produce the same thing, which is the best book we can. So I never question anybody's motives for saying, Oh, you know, chapter eleven, do we need it? Uh, you know, immediately I might say, well, yes, we damn well do need that because it took me a week to write it, and I really like it. But then I, I try and, you know, walk around the block, come back, look at it, and go, actually, do we need chapter 11? Maybe we do need to cut bits of it. So maybe I can rephrase it a bit, and you end up with a compromise maybe where you keep that chapter, but you cut little bits of what they thought perhaps didn't add any value to the story. So, yeah, it works a bit like that, really. A bit, bit of to and
3: fro Jeez, I'm a drama queen. I throw, I break every glass in the house. If, if the manager says we're not, oh, we can't that. put that in there. I'm just, oh my god. Then I'm devastated. I go, I have to go to a rest unit for a month. And, <laughs> you know, I'm hard to work with. I'm terrible. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just
4: visualizing the rest unit. Does it involve alcohol alcoholers? Is, you know? <laughs> <I mean, laughs> yeah. is that the name I'm, of your local bar? I have to. Go to yeah,
3: room. yeah, it's just terrible. <laughs> you know, they're like, no, we don't oh, want to
4: work with him. Please, oh, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, well, I try to be—I try to be a pleasure to work with. But obviously, we all care, don't we? And, uh, you know, occasionally someone will say, you know, for example, they might—they might want to change the title or whatever. And if they, you know, you think, oh, please send me a good one then, because if you're, so they might say. So I had one book that I was going to call the uh, the Chameleon, but it, again, well, weirdly, I mentioned it again. there was a literary fiction book coming out from, yeah, <laughs> that was called the Chameleon. <laughs> and so they said, oh, we can't call it that, and, uh, and we ended up with a, a a good title. But I think, you know, from memory, sometimes. The publishers, they always say the same thing when I send something. They send you the cover, uh, the design, and the title, and uh, the shout line underneath the, the title. And you read, the, before you open it, you read their email that says basically something along the lines of, you know, we've, we've, you know, we've been looking at this, and all of us agree, it looks fantastic, and really, really hope you like it. And I, I, I think that's kind of code for, of please like this, because we've been working really hard <laughs> on it. And if you don't like it, we're back to the drawing board. So I always really, really want to like them. And, it, and I've been very lucky, nearly always I do. But occasionally I go, oh, oh, actually, that title that you all dreamed up together, it doesn't really make me think of a crime book even, let alone. So so you, you've got to politely go back and say, look, uh, sorry, but can we have another look at this and uh, try something else? But I do it politely, so you know, hopefully they don't hate me. Fingers crossed well, i mean you do uh,
3: but you worry um because recently i had a, a little run in with one of these publishers uh, about um using certain terms certain phrases oh, yeah. and i and i know yep. i used ghetto for instance and and uh all right they're like well couldn't we call it working class neighborhood and and um the problem for me was I was writing. It was it's a it's a true crime, so it's a real yeah. story, and it's what one person said to another. They they called. it. Uh, so I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, I don't really want to change their language because it's personal. It's really you're getting to know who the yeah, person yeah, absolutely. is. It's real. It's not made up. So, um, dude do, but does that concern you, or do you sort of have to yeah, run uh, through? Yeah, only.
4: Uh, I mean, I, I try to be a bit careful. I guess the, the books I. have first books I wrote probably wouldn't pass through editors these days without lots of changes, because it was quite gritty stuff. It was three gangster novels, and I wrote them ten years ago. So I suspect there'd be quite a bit of (laughs) re-engineering required to make it through these, well, they have, what, sensitivity readers, I think they call them now? Yeah. Um, So, and I got, weirdly, I got picked up on what I thought was really innocuous stuff this time, which was, a couple of times I wrote about uh, males, and I, I got told, well, you know, women can be bullies too. And, and I was a bit baffled because I thought, well, it's just because... And sensitivity question mark. And I thought, well, surely, you know, middle-aged white guys like me aren't going to get bent out and shape by somebody complaining about a male boss being a bully or something. And I was a bit... And, and actually, I never did get asked the question, but I did ask, is this a new thing that the publishers... You know, are you all being told? And I said, I don't mean sarcastically, I mean, genuinely, because I'd like to know, have we got to avoid saying... Uh, you know, I think I wrote something like, oh, I hope you never have to um, work for some bullying male boss. You'll end up a talentless male boss or something that you'll end up carrying, I think I wrote, um, about a woman talking to another woman. And, I, and the, the, you know, I wasn't really aware that that was going to worry anyone. The fact that I described this bully as a male, because uh, I know female bosses could be bullies as well. But I just thought, well, you know, historically, I think men take the world title for bullying other people at work, really. And, uh, I yeah, that was a, that was an unusual one. But, yeah, I suppose a, a little bit self-censored as such, but you're just aware that the world has turned a little bit. So even if you write something ironically, then, you know, people can still get upset. I mean, my my uh, protagonist of my first three books was not a good guy. The only reason you would like him is that he was slightly less appalling than the people around him because he, was, he worked in organised crime. So he's obviously not going to be a nice guy. I didn't want to write him like that. Um, But, you know, he isn't me, if you see what I mean. So when 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 I'm writing his thoughts, they're not my thoughts, but I suspect these days a lot of his thoughts would have been edited out. Some of his thoughts on women, he was a little bit bordering on misogynistic, I suppose, or a bit dismissive. But I, I I was writing about a guy who every day faced possible death, injury or arrest and he was dating someone who was a normal woman with a normal career. And I thought, well, when she comes home and moans about her date, he's not going to go, oh, darling, come here, I'll buy you a glass of wine. He's just going to be, in his head, he's going to be like, oh, God. you think you've got problems? That probably made him sound a bit misogynistic, but it wasn't the intention of making him, like, a woman hater. It was just, I didn't think he'd be very tolerant because he's not a nice guy. But I suspect yeah. I probably would, I probably would be asked to cut some of that these days, I guess.
3: Yeah, it's not. The
4: world has changed, yeah. You
3: know? Yeah, you're triggering people. <laughs> Correct,
4: yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm
3: going to drive off the road if I'm listening to your book. <laughs> <laughs> people like you, you know. Howard Linsky, don't let him in. Don't. don't oh, yes, yeah,
4: exactly. You see, I mean, they, they can't say I didn't want them. So, you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> don't let him in. It's not pretty. Yeah, exactly. He's, you know, you exactly. think you got problems,
4: lady. Exactly. Yeah, 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 but I think, th- yeah, if you're facing any kind of yeah. horrific, you know, I mean, I don't suppose police officers and firefighters are very tolerant of guys who go, you would not believe what my boss said today, you know, so they be like, yeah. well, <laughs> dude, get over it, you know. But, yeah. uh,
3: he didn't yeah. like my hair. <laughs> yeah,
4: I know, he looked at me in a funny way as you say over here, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah. He gave me such a look, you know.
3: Yeah, he was undressing yeah, really, me with really. his eyes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was act- I was actually on fire earlier, but, you know, I mean, literally not metaphorically, uh, would the firefighters would be saying, wouldn't they? And, uh, you're worried about someone giving you a hard stare. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Heard, he was uh, holding his hose in a certain...
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh.
3: More so, hate mail. You know, this is a hateful <laughs> show, I tell you. Well, yeah, like... you know. Well, someone's gotta do I say, it. Right? I
4: like I like hanging out with you guys, but obviously it's career for me. By the same yeah, way. yeah. Well, you know.
3: <laughs> when in doubt, come on the show. We, we either we make you or break you Break you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should change the name of the show. Make can you I, or break you. break
4: you Can I just ask have you made anyone? Or have you just broken everyone?
3: Yeah, we've pretty it's much broken everyone. No, <laughs> no, that's just about, that's the truth. Oh, you know, dear. There's, oh, there's dear. been a few people that made it, but they uh, ended up in a nut house. So Oh, oh fair oh, enough. Yeah, un- Unfair <laughs> word. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. To say yeah. That. And it's like, yeah. no, it was a house that sells peanuts. Not exactly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like when yeah. I say cock, they say you can't say that. And I'm talking about a chicken. A chicken, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I they still, whatever. they don't believe me, you know? Oh, well yeah oh well, well um so uh, you know you know social media and stuff do you like do you like reviews do you like the new world Do you like this whole internet and uh, do you have website do you have social media yeah it-
4: i mean it's mixed really i so, saw uh, the things i do like i've got a website and that's really good because i can get all the books on there and uh, i don't bang on about me too much there's a little bit about me obviously background wise but all the books are there so you can see those and that's very handy um obviously it's useful that with the internet you can order things online so a book's literal shelf life in this country would be you know, weeks, possibly months, unless it's a big hit. So after a while, the easiest place to get it is to go online and shop that way. Social media, uh, I quite like being on Facebook because I, I like the interaction with friends, but I also am able to tell someone that I'm going to go and do a signing in Newcastle to launch a new book. and Immediately 1,500 people will see that, so that's kind of handy. It doesn't mean they're all going to turn up, but some will. Um, so that's useful. Twitter, I like less because it doesn't feel like a conversation, whereas on Facebook, you you interact with people. And Instagram, if you went on there, you'd see the cover of Alice Taylor 's Missing, which is at least two years old, because I went on there and I just didn't really get it. You know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm sort of feel like I'm shouting into the ether. The, the and there's the, the, yeah. <laughs> anyone out there, you know. I think I connected to about 40 people on Instagram and posted the cover of an old book you know, when it wasn't, when it wasn't old. And I just thought, no, I don't really get this. So I am a typical, you know, middle-aged bloke from my country. I'm on Facebook. I just about understand Twitter, Instagram, the, not really, and TikTok. That, that's for the young ones. I, I should be on there. Banging get up on there. Book, but I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I haven't looked at it yet. You I should I suppose.
3: You put on a bikini and you hold your book yeah. and you get on there <laughs> and you put on some wild music and dance for about 30 seconds.
4: You you have heard about my hobbies at weekends, then? Yeah, I, yeah. You, just, you just literally described them. Right. Yeah, Crikey. so
3: that that you know, so get yeah. on there because you'll be selling Panzerbok that Well, day. I've got. I, I,
4: I like to think I've got the figure for it. <laughs> so, well, there you, know. you go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
3: But oh, but but the G string's got to be your size, okay? Straight. That's no. true.
4: Yes. I, I don't want. I don't want that to happen again. No, exactly. So. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I need to get a. Zoom meeting with Penguin to tell them about the marketing strategy we, we've dreamt up between us guys because this is good yeah. stuff. Yeah, this <laughs> you know, is, gonna, I mean, I'm here. I'm going to write happening. histories that don't end, which is great. Yeah. You know, no yeah. resolution whatsoever. Uh, yeah. You know, literary fiction crime novels that never end. And, yeah. and it's just about the detective having a bit of a midlife crisis in his head. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. Work, That's and, it. And it's and all it. about the drama. Nobody cares about the murder. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's <know>. <laughs> and it's going to be real sensitive. <laughs> They're going to sit there and, and talk about sensitivity Yes, his feelings and, and the tree, the tree I, mates may feel. And they're going to have a conversation with the tree each time.
4: We're going to, we're going to call it the council detective. Yeah. There he <laughs> said. Detective,
3: that's he said the wrong
4: thing on social media and now he's out in the wilderness. He's, you know, he's <laughs> solving cases on his own because his boss is appalled. He said the wrong thing on Twitter.
3: Uh, see, I like you this. Know. This goes. Yeah. You see, we'll you're see, you going to be a big star here. I'm telling you, you're one of the make it.
4: Excellent. I'll come back up when I have.
3: Yeah, no, We're gonna have year. your agent call our agent,
4: right? Yeah, I know. I will, I do definitely, lunch. guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Definitely. <laughs> Well, so you now, what is the website so people can come find you? Yeah,
4: I'm just am just at Howardlinsky.com. So that's perfect enough.
3: We'll have yeah. that up on our website too, so people can oh, find you, you, and then yeah, you know, they can hunt you down. Yes. Um, <laughs> and please, bad bad comments all go to Howard Linsky. Uh, he's yeah. looking forward yeah. to it. And bad reviews,
4: I'd like too. To, I, I'd just like to apologize for anything I may have said the first hour to anyone <laughs> yeah. I may have offended. I think America is a wonderful country full of beautiful people. And uh, there you go. And <laughs> some ugly ones, obviously. Oh, damn, I've done it again. Yeah. Kim yeah.
3: Kardashian, The Country of yeah. Kim. Yeah. yeah. Well, so now the book we want you to buy is called Don't Let Them In. And if you're on social media, you'll see Don't Let Him In, the gripping psychological thriller that will send shivers down your spine. But it's just Howard Linsky, don't let him in or you could be problems, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Howard Linsky, thank you for being here.
4: Hey, thanks so much guys for having me on. It's been a pleasure.
3: Thanks, Howard.
0: Tired of wasting time trying to decide what to watch on your streaming service? Go to our website and look for the Martino Movie Reviews.
2: wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com
2: You've been listening to the House of Mystery
0: radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows,
2: go to www.houseofmystery.com